here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Shake Them Ropes, episode 148. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Rob McCarron, Jeff Hawkins here. Catch us online at VoicesOfWrestling.com. On Twitter, at Shake Them Ropes. You can find Jeff on Twitter, at CrapGame13. Shake Them Ropes, episode 148, is sponsored by MacWeldon.com. If you want comfortable, great-fitting clothes that are smartly designed with premium fabrics, then Mac Weldon has you covered. Visit MacWeldon.com today and try the best pair of underwear, socks, undershirts, and hoodies you'll ever need. And right now, you can use the promo code VOW for 20% off your first order. That's promo code VOW today. Your purchase is guaranteed. If you're not a fan, once you try it on, MacWeldon.com will refund your purchase with no return shipping needed. Give them a try today at MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Use the promo code VOW. Rob McCarron. Breaking news. The rating for Raw is likely to fall at 2.7 or 2.8. Sting versus Flair did a 5-4. Jeff Hawkins. This is a joke. I'm going to kick your butt when I, once I get bail. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come after you. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. There ain't no stopping us now. We celebrate on the floor. Top down, we're ready to go. To all the people across every nation. Turn it up and give me some more. Balloon guys! That I am almost never entertained by what entertains other people who just want to be entertained doesn't make us philosophically philosophically incompatible it just means that we shouldn't go to movies together richard russo straight man hey kids shake them ropes today on shake them ropes our top 100 match vader versus cactus jack we got a wwe show coming up in hawaii we got raw possibly and uh we got whatever rob wants to talk about so rob throwing it to you brother hi jeff It is Shake Them Ropes episode 148. I am so excited to be here back on our regular day of Tuesday because, gosh darn it, I was missing you on Tuesdays. I didn't want to wait the extra day anymore. I couldn't think of anything thematic to bring together an intro, so it's just like, eh, just throw it to Rob. Just does. throw it to me. Just, uh, <laughs> just throw me the ball, and I will catch the sports ball and run with it. Yeah, we have uh, we have a couple of segments, a couple of recurring weekly segments make their return on today's episode of shake them ropes. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. We have cactus Jack and Vader and oh my God, Jeff Hawkins. Hmm? I want to talk about the opening to that Halloween havoc. <laughs> I want to talk about the entire card. Cause I watch it, but I'm not, we're not going to go match by match, but just no. the opening theme of the card we'll, was kind of the same. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to the important parts. Of this show. <laughs> you watched that open, did you? Much of which is the open <laughs> to Halloween Havoc 1993. Uh, we got Vince McMahon saying that Seth Rollins, John Cena, Randy Orton, and Bray Wyatt will all be back within the next 30 days. Uh, so not only do we have all this new uh, talent influxed into uh, WWE, but we're getting some of the old guard back. Um, crazy to say that about Seth Rollins, really, because he's only been on TV for, what, three years now? So he's not really the old guard, but, uh, you know, quite the big name, the big player last year on WWE TV coming back. Uh, and we uh, we probably should talk a little bit about the uh, the releases that happened mm-hmm. last week, uh, last Friday. Just, I mean, gosh, what, four days ago now, but it seems like so long because uh, this was all the buzz on Friday were the releases of uh, of eight talents from WWE. Damian Sandow being the biggest one, but Hornswoggle, Wade Barrett, Santino Morella, Cameron, El Torito, Alex Riley, which crushed me, and yes. uh, Zeb Coulter. It's funny because I was looking online today at the, uh, at the USPTO, the Patent and Trademark Office, their website, and to see if uh, there were any new WWE trademark filings recently. 
Mm-hmm. And go figure, on May 3rd, WWE was finally granted the registration to the Zeb Coulter trademark, and they no longer need it. Sad days. Sad days for that. But uh, of those of those eight, we'll kind of run through them here. I know, it, I know it's been a couple of days. We're not going to you know spend the entire show on these guys by any means. Right. Um, but which one did any surprise you? Is any going to be one where you're like, I can't, I really can't believe that happened because, you know, uh, to me, they, they all kind of fit maybe, maybe minus Damian Sandow. But what about you? Sandow is definitely the top of the list in terms of guys that I don't think should have been cut. But on the other hand, you know, they weren't going to do anything with him. So why keep him around? It, it's, it's kind of a catch 22. Yeah. You like him making that much money, but they weren't going to do much with him. Torito's going to be fine because he'll just go to either Lucha Underground or AAA or CMLL and, and make a ton of money doing that. So, I mean, he always got a great reaction. I think everybody else had kind of, you know, with the exception of Cameron, who had been, really been improving. I mean, Cameron was kind of like a Chris Masters situation where she had, you know, the, you know, she had come up too soon, I think, and then really improved as the years went, but it was too little too late. Uh, I am more shocked that Ryback is not on this list, given that they've put all his merchandise on Clarence. I think they're just going to let him sit out his contract and not roll it over. Yeah, we talk about Ryback, because last week we talked about the Ryback being being sent home uh, from WWE TV due to his contract dispute, whatever's going on there. And... You know, all that happened Monday, right? He was on the pay-per-view Sunday. He was scheduled to be on the show Monday. So all of this chaos is happening Monday, and they're already planning which guys they're going to be cutting. So I just think it was an issue where, you know, they're not going to rush his release just because of a contract dispute when they're still trying to sign him, and they yeah. still may be trying to sign him. Uh, so he may be more valuable in that regard. And, he, you know, he's got a lot of merch. Yeah, it's put on clearance, so it's a it's a bad sign for that whole situation. That was uh, a shot across the bow more than wanting to cut him. I think that's just a, yeah, if you do that, we're just going to dig into your wallet a little. Well, yeah, but, put, put a little pressure on him. Put a little pressure yeah. on him. Like, do you really want to make this fight? Do you really want to mm-hmm. give up your job? Because yeah. we're going to show you, we're going to basically call your bluff here and put all your merch on sale and not have you on the show. So we're cutting ties kind of without cutting all the ties. I'm going to join you in mourning the loss of Alex Riley. Alex Riley is depressing. Because I, that's a guy who could have had another 10 years or so as a broadcaster with WWE, decided I'd much rather be an in-ring talent, took the gamble, and lost. Yeah, you're not going to tell me that he's any, any worse than Byron Saxton was. No, he's, he's better than Byron Saxton was. He actually shows personality from time to time. I liked Alex Riley. I liked the Kevin Owens feud. You know, Mm -hmm. this is a guy who wanted to be a wrestler because if he didn't really want to be a wrestler so bad, he could have easily just kept his commentary gig, right? You know, stayed with it. But this guy wanted to be in the ring. He's working out at the performance center. He's the guy who was on the main roster for a couple of years. And for the last several years was relegated to the performance center. So you can imagine what kind of mind games that was playing on him. And, you know, if you were not really that into it, a lesser man probably would have quit. Like, I don't need this. Right. And Alex Riley stayed with it. So I know he gets a lot of hate on Twitter and he says some stupid things sometimes on Twitter. But <laughs> yes. And and the whole, you know, being the antagonist for Daniel Bryan in the NXT season probably didn't help. Well, let me ask you something. And this goes into speculating, which I'm not exactly I'm not big on it. But at the same time, I think it has to be asked. Do you think that part of the reason they cut him is because he didn't want to play the role they wanted him to play. Uh, I, I just think it was this guy is getting older. He mm-hmm. he hasn't shown us more than what he already has shown us before. If if we're thinking he's not going to be on the main roster at all, then why do we just keep him around type of thing? Well, be, well I mean, they, they, they don't go back and say, we don't want you as a talent. We can... We can bring you back in as a broadcaster again if you'd like, but we don't see much in you as a talent. That that's just it, as opposed to just outright cutting him. Yeah. That that's what I mean. And I said I said Daniel Bryan as the antagonist. He was the antagonist for Caval for Loki yes. on the season two of of NXT. Um, but I thought he showed really a lot of potential. The same way that Wade Barrett basically won season one of NXT, I thought Alex Riley truly won season two of NXT. I mean, he was the guy that really stood out out of everyone. Um, you know, Wade Barrett stood out more than Daniel Bryan did. We all love Daniel Bryan, and I love Daniel Bryan for a lot of the stuff on TV during that NXT. But the one who really stood out was Wade Barrett. 
and the one who stood out in NXT season two was Alex Riley to me. At NXT, and now both of them are gone. Yeah, it was a ridiculous show, and no one really, no one really watched it or cared. But you know, we have uh, we have the winners now of what the first three seasons. Who was the winner of season? Uh, Johnny Curtis, the season four winner, still with WWE. Congratulations to you, Fandango. Uh, mm-hmm. But the winners of the first three seasons of NXT in its original form are now out of uh, the uh, company, aren't they? Yes, because Wade Barrett was indeed the winner. So they are gone now as Wade Barrett's released. Uh, To me, the one that was like, even more than Damian Sandow and even more than Alex Riley, the one where you're like, how did you miss this guy? This guy from day one was showing all his promise. And it looks like WWE just beat it out of him because Wade Barrett says he's going to take a break for a little bit. Uh, Wade Barrett is the guy out of all of these names. Mm. How did this guy not become bigger than he was? I wasn't as high on him as you were, but I, you know, I thought he was talented, but at the same time I'm watching, you know, when the Nexus angle unfolds, it's obvious to me that it, and during that NXT season that they're trying to beat down Daniel Bryan to build up Wade Barrett. And for me, it wasn't working. And maybe there's a little bit of that in the back of my mind as I watched Wade Barrett through the years, kind of being a little resentful on that edge. But at the same time, you know, Wade never really, the spotlight was there for him to take and they didn't give him the lines to take it necessarily when it was leading both NXT and the core. Well, that's so what, that's why I say in, in the NXT, uh, if you, if anyone out there remembers the winds of change promo, when they sent yes. all these guys out in the ring to, and they gave them one word, basically a bullet point, make mm-hmm. your own promo. And Wade Barrett went out there and Daniel Bryan even sucked at this. Everyone in that ring sucked at doing mm-hmm. the one word, make your own promo except for Wade Barrett. And he was lucky. I think they even taped that episode in the UK. I think they were in the UK for that one. So the crowd was super far behind this guy. They loved Mm -hmm. Wade Barrett there and they give him wind and he has to cut a promo and he talks about how the winds of change and WWE are coming through Wade Barrett and the crowds rising as he's talking. That guy should have been main eventing the next pay-per-view after that promo. Yeah, I mean, it was a great promo. And actually, you know what? There's a real-life corollary to that because that is how Vince McMahon runs promo class a lot of times is he'll bring you up and he'll say, your word's water, cut a promo. (laughs) Yeah, but he ain't doing that anymore because right now what they're doing is having actual promo class in NXT where they just stand in front of a microphone and, yeah, they make them give their own promos, but what they're not preparing them for is how when you get up to the main roster, okay, now you don't have to make your own promos anymore. Hear all the words. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, and it's all exposition. It, there's no feeling to it. And that's why they seem emotionless at times. I, I agree with you. And I, you know, he, he showed promise, I thought, I, but you know, in the back of my mind, I'm just going, man, this should be Daniel Bryan. And, and I, I think I kind of, I dropped the ball on, on Wade quite a bit. Bad news, Barrett. He made chicken salad out of that thing. That thing was a terrible gimmick and he made it enjoyable. Well, because so, I mean, he- I get, you, you can make a great, you make a great and compelling case for Wade. Barrett. I like I like the bad news, Barrett. Um, and it started on the JBL and Cole show. It literally mm-hmm. started as him doing whatever he wanted to on the JBL and Cole show, and he got it to where they would put it on TV. And I loved when the when he would come out as the bad news Barrett, just for those segments when he was hurt and wasn't wrestling, and he was coming out and doing the bad news Barrett segments. It King reminded Barrett. me, King yeah, Barrett was a death knell. King Barrett was the worst, but those those bad news Barrett segments really reminded me of you know how sometimes WWE can keep characters on television and do well with them while they're hurt, so that the fans don't you know forget about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really did remind me of the Randy Orton Randy News Network. Like this is something <laughs> where he's coming out, yeah. and and I tell you. You know, just another thing that Wade Barrett made better than it probably should have been. The same way Randy Orton made the RNN better yes. than it could have been, because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of other talents who get that, you know, some I, I just think sometimes the these guys are underrated in their talent just because the bubble of fans may not really appreciate them. The Alex Rileys, more so the Wade Barretts, the Randy Ortons, even, um, and and it's uh, it's a shame though. I mean, Wade Barrett gone. You know, El Torito and Hornswoggle. I, I've heard the arguments where you can put them on a house show and just open up a house show with them, get the kids really excited, and they're valuable in that regard. But if you're not going to do that for a year, then there's no sense in keeping them around. And there's nothing to that other than those two. There's nobody else you can put them in there with. Like, they, really, don't get me wrong, we all see yeah. over delivered. Oh, that absolutely was absolutely awesome. over delivered. I that love awesome. that match. Yeah. yeah, and and I, you know, we don't have obviously it. It sucks that these guys are are losing their jobs. Um. 
but some of these guys had the jobs for a really long time. And, you know, we, we get a little bit, uh, we get a little bit of thinking this, you know, I, I hate that these guys lose their jobs, but think about it 10 years ago, like the wrestling timeline was about four or five years and then you were out anyway. And now you're in for 10 or so years. So you have a little bit more time to make your, make your way in it. Zack Ryder's been around for 10 plus years. You know, and Steve Austin was only a big time player in W. He was only in WWE for how long? Six years, six or seven, Steve Austin. So sometimes you just don't get a lot of time. So when you're getting more than more than the average, I think that's a good thing. Damian Sandow was in WWE off and on since 2002. Damian Sandow had been around for 14, uh, 13 to 14 years. And now Damian Sandow and Hornswoggle already have a couple of post uh, WWE gigs lined up. They're going to be wrestling in just a couple of weeks in WrestlePro. Uh, what used to be the uh, pro wrestling syndicate, they broke off. So Damian Sandow's got some indie bookings. Hornswoggle will find no shortness uh, shortness of, uh, and that was a bad, I didn't even mean that pun, but I just realized that. <laughs> I didn't even expect it. I didn't, I was not trying to make that, but he will find no shortage of indie bookings. Uh, neither will Sandow right off the bat. Alex Riley, I really don't know if he's going to go on the independent route. I don't, I think he's going to be done with wrestling. I think he will go back to um, whatever sales career he might have had, or he might do some type of media venture. But I wouldn't expect to see Alex Riley out there a lot. Um, and I don't even know how popular he would be on the indie circuit or the convention. Circuit. His dad can get him a nice sports radio gig. Somewhere. I don't know. His dad's busy trying to find himself a sports radio gig right now. Okay. Oh, is he? What, yes. Were Kylie and Booms like? Uh, uh, Kylie, uh, Kylie was fired from his gig in Cleveland a couple months ago. Okay, I, I, knew he, I knew he had. Let, I know he was out here in LA for a while. And he, yeah, no, Alex Riley's dad was in radio and and had a uh, actually a quite infamous uh, firing a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, actually. Okay, that made okay, the yeah. national uh, media news. Uh, so now, so now yeah. before you move on from this, do you have an indie match that you'd like to see any of these guys do? I'm I'm thinking particularly Sandow since he's working it, but anybody. I honestly don't really care much about watching Damian Sandow on the Indies. I hope I hope he has a great run. I hope he has great success. I hope he finds what he wants to do. Um, you know, he's he's pushing 40 years old too, so I don't know how long he's gonna want. You know, he might just make his money right off the bat in the Indies and then go away, find something else to do with his time. Um, but as far as the dream match for Damian Sandow, hold no. on, he's 33. That's not pushing 40. He's pushing 40. That's not pushing 40. Yeah, the two threes together, that's 36. <laughs> uh, okay, to answer my own question, I'd love to see just a one-shot in PWG against Chuck Taylor. I really would. Well, that might be. I think Damien Sandow would do really well in PWG, yeah. The right type of guys uh, can Dal do that. He wouldn't be Dalton a Brian Castle. Myers type. Yeah, Brian Myers died a death in PWG. Wow, yeah. Yeah, so not everyone can go there, but uh, Damian Sando seems like he uh, is one that could. He's only 33. That actually stuns me. I thought for some reason I read that he was like 38. I am taking Wikipedia at its word and saying he was born in 1982, thus making him 33 wow. now, so, going on 34. So he's literally, four. He's wow. Oh, yeah, he's a tall guy. He's a tall guy, but he started in WWE then when he was about 20 yeah. in the WWE system. Started when he was about 20. I remember uh, when I was, you know, in, in Muncie and OVW would every once in a while come up to the Indianapolis Muncie area, like once every three months or so. And Aaron Stevens was a big time player at the time. CM Punk was there. Uh, Beth Phoenix and Aaron, Aaron Stevens was a pretty big deal. And he would say hi to everyone and he would, uh, you know, shake everyone's hand. Looked like a guy who didn't want to be there, like he was too good for it. But I think that was just because he was a young, big guy. And sometimes young big guys never look like they want to be there. While we're riffing, do your live read. <laughs> wow, Jeff. Speaking <laughs> speaking of WWE releases, you know what else you should release, Jeff? Hmm? Your current crappy underwear. Your underwear, your socks, your shirts that are all tattered up. Upgrade your wardrobe with MacWeldon.com. Jeff MacWeldon.com, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Today, go there. Use the code V-O-W. You get 20% off your first order. MacWeldon.com. It's better than everything you're wearing right now. They got shirts. They got underwear. They got socks. Premium fabrics. None of the cheap stuff. It performs. It lasts. And they are kind enough right now to be sponsoring our show. Use the code V-O-W. 
at MacWeldon.com. That's V-O-W-M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. They are nice enough to be sponsoring our show because they like our show. Excellent. And I like Mac Weldon. I, uh, I peruse the website when we were putting this uh, deal together, if you will. And I have a story about this Mac Weldon. And I'm going to get in trouble for telling it, Jeff. It we has, just got a sponsorship. Let's not lose it right it now. Has, it has to do with our friend Joe Lanza. Oh. On the Voices of Wrestling podcast. Okay, now I know the story. Go ahead and tell it. You know the story. I'm angry. A little I'm angry. angry. So Mac Weldon, uh, mm-hmm. you know, allows us to try the product. They want us to, you know, try the product and get in sent and get in tune with it, and so we can, you know, genuinely tell everybody, you know, the benefits, how great mm-hmm. it is. And I can tell you right now, the Mac Weldon stuff is better than what I'm wearing, and I need to upgrade. And I'm pretty sure a lot of the people listening to this show have to upgrade. And one person who needed to upgrade so badly was Joe Lanza. Mm-hmm. This Joe Lanza rushes right in there as we're given a little, a uh, little, uh, you know, pot to go play around with on the, on the website, you know, pick a out a couple stipend. of we were a given stipend. A stipend to pick go out, play. pick out a couple of basic things or one basic thing. One basic thing is what you want to pick out. Try basic. the ordering process, which I did. I tried the ordering process. It's so simple because one of these things that they allow you to do, and I didn't know companies actually did this part, MacWeldon.com, if you go on there and shop and you get an item, say you get a brand new pair of socks and you try the socks on and you're not thrilled with the socks, you don't like them, you want to return them, they will refund you your purchase and they don't even ask that you return them. You can keep them. Mm. If you don't like your item, if you go on to MacWeldon.com, use the code VOW, buy something and don't like it, you can email them or call Return the item, get your refund, but keep the item. You don't have to send it back. No hassling with return shipping, no buying postage. They have a guarantee on their products because they believe in it so much. Okay. Now, Joe goes on there. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, the email had just hit our inboxes. You know, go on, try an item, check it out. We'll send it to you. They give us a little stipend. Joe Lanza goes in there before the emails can even hit our servers, gets his item, orders the most expensive item on the website, runs right through the stipend. Rich and, Rich and I and you are like, what, what happened? This guy. Yet you hear about a Tinder date and if a woman did that to him on a menu. Can you oh, imagine? we have a 30 minute promo. Can you this. imagine if he was on the oh. date and he says, go ahead and pick anything you want. And the woman or the Lops. man, I don't know anything about Joe or the man. I don't know. Whatever, whatever works best for him. Mm-hmm. They order the biggest thing on the menu and the most expensive thing on the menu. Mm. Just a lack of respect and care for everyone else who also needs to take part in this process. So when Joe Lanza on the Voices of Wrestling podcast this week tells you to go buy from Mac Weldon, you can believe that he has tried it and he has tried the good stuff, folks. Oh, yeah. He has tried mm-hmm. the good stuff, taken all of the honey from our pot. MacWeldon.com. Throwing us table scraps here. Mac, <sighs> MacWeldon.com. Support the sponsor too, because we don't we don't ask you to pay for this uh, for this show. It is free, and I love doing it for free. It is fun, but support the sponsors so that we can continue to do this show for free for longer and longer, and you get some great stuff out of the deal. I like getting great stuff out of the deal, don't you, Jeff? It hasn't trickled down to me yet. No, because Joe took all the money. <laughs> I'm I'm like fourth or fifth on the voices of wrestling pecking order if that high. <laughs> Joe took all <laughs> the damn money. Who are you most excited to see coming back? Seth Rollins, John Cena, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt on the uh on the Q1 call today, which was weirdly held on a Tuesday. Vince McMahon said that all four of these talents as he was talking about all the new talents coming in, you know, he I think he said like 15 new talents and I haven't gone to count all of them. But these four guys, he said, and this is kind of newsworthy because, you know, a Randy Orton, a Seth Rollins, we knew they were coming back soon, but we didn't know how soon. He said all four are going to be back within the next 30 days. So that puts you into the beginning of June. Who are you most excited to see back? We've already got the John Cena return date as the Memorial Day Raw. I personally really want to see what they're going to do with Randy Orton because it seems like he's a little lower on the pecking order now. But who is the one talent of all these four that you're excited to see back the most? And are you looking forward to what they might do with him? I am, from a personal standpoint, looking most forward to Seth Rollins, but he's also the one I'm most trepidatious about. 
I, I think I think you may have a point there, yeah. Because much like Daniel Bryan, I think they'll want the to they they may rush him into something a little bit uh a little bit more reckless than maybe his body can handle, or maybe he'll go out of his way to say, Look, I'm back and I'm stronger than ever, and I'll do some things to impress you guys. And as a man who's also recovered from ACL surgery, it worries me a bit. Yeah, you don't want to see these guys try too much. I mean, Seth Rollins has been gone for a little bit. It was the early November, so we're talking about seven, eight months. And that does, it still seems kind of quick for an eight, for a multiple tendon tear in the knee. Mm -hmm. It seems a little quick, especially with what he does. I want, you know, is he going to have to change his style? Is he going to be, um, you know... Is he being told to change his style? Is he going to be tempted to change his style? Is he going to worry about further injury and and thus maybe cause some type of uh, injury somewhere else as he's compensating yeah. for the knee? But I don't think they would let him back unless they fully tested it. And you got to believe with, you know, the workout Seth Rollins was doing before this injury and his work ethic. Yeah. If anyone's going to be able to return faster, it's probably a guy like Seth Rollins on that roster. Um, but I am, you know, it's slotting is what I'm worried about for, I think, all three of these guys, except for John Cena. I'm probably not even worried about Bray Wyatt, really, because Bray Wyatt seems to survive everything. And he he's just a main eventer. He's just a main eventer. That, that character's Teflon. Right? Yeah, he is. You can, really... you can, all you got to do, all you got to do is build him up, just put him on TV, do a few magic tricks and boom, he's in. He He really is like the new Kane. He is going to be the new Kane for a long, long time, I feel. Uh, but Seth Rollins, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing a Seth Rollins AJ Styles match because you know that'll happen. Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, you know a lot of these Seth Rollins matches with these new talents that are up on the main roster. Randy Orton, Randy Orton, AJ Styles is a dream match of mine. I'm not as enthused on Randy Orton as you are, but I will not uh, dull your excitement in any way. Well, I I don't know if they're going to put him in main event programs or anything, but a Randy Orton on the mid card. I mean, you're not going to tell me that Randy Orton, hey, maybe they'll even put him with big casts for all. I Don't know. get me wrong. His matches are are fine and they're fun to watch. I, I just find him a boring promo. Yeah. And there was a time there where they weren't letting him cut a lot of promos. He was walking to the ring. He was stalking. He was wrestling and going away. And he wouldn't do promos. And I think that Randy Orton really works. I, and Randy Orton, AJ Styles, is a dream match of mine. I think they would mesh better than Chris Jericho did with AJ Styles. And yeah. just seeing, just seeing how he kind of fits. Can you I, I think about this? Uh, you know, a nine thirty Raw segment, a nine thirty PM Raw segment. You know, fifteen minute match between Randy Orton and Apollo Cruz. Okay, as Jeff would say, <laughs> hose me, hose me, hose okay. me down. Oh, that, that's a ho that's a hose you match. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll allow it. Okay, it is a hose me. It, it is okay. really. Uh, it kind of is a hose me match. Um. One match that uh, I don't think Kevin Owens would be looking forward to would be a match with Randy Orton, even though I would love it. Two mm. brash, outspoken guys. I would love Kevin Owens and Randy Orton. Randy Orton versus everyone on this roster. Give it to me. Give it to me quickly. Uh, speaking of Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens uh, is still going to be in the Fatal 4-Way match for the Intercontinental title at Extreme Rules. Uh, they had a backstage segment after his match with Sami Zayn on raw that they put up on the WWE YouTube page. And this segment allows me to make the return of Kevin Owens hates you. It is time, Jeff, for this week's Kevin Owens hates you. I'm going to go on to extreme rules and show Sami Zayn, the Miz and Cesaro that I don't need weapons or tables or chairs to get extreme which is also by the way something the Dudley boys have been saying for about 10 years even though it's not really relevant anymore something else I need to talk to them about but the bottom line is I'm going to take back my intercontinental championship and then I'm going to go on Instagram and write a mean comment about your stupid dog why I loved the uh, I loved the vine of him in uh, Fargo this past week. He goes, I'm in Fargo, North Dakota. It's the worst birthday ever. <laughs> just, just walks to the ring. Unnecessary to oh, make no, mean it's... comments about Renee Young's dog. 
Oh, please make all the mean comments you want. No, it, it's in wrestling. We need more mean comments. To be honest with you, I need those. I loved was it Enzo annoying? Yes, more mean comments, please. All all the way. I want my heels to make mean comments and make children cry and make old women want to hit them. That's it, what I want. It's just strictly. It's just strictly unnecessary. That is this week's. Kevin Owens hates you where he is going to win the match at extreme rules. And then his first act as the new intercontinental champion will be to make fun of Renee Young's dog on Instagram. That'll be his first act. First act for Alex Riley. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I know I said it, but I don't think I asked you Alex Riley. Will he ever wrestle again? Yes. Yes, he will. It is time Jeff for this week's Twitter question of the week. Twitter question of the week. You can send in your questions anytime, any day, and we will answer one very important question weekly Ooh. at shake them rope. Send them our way. I want to make this a weekly segment. So honestly, ask us anything in this week. Uh, this question came in as the releases were happening on Friday. I asked our fans out there to tweet your favorite memories of Alex Riley <laughs> with the hashtag a remembrances and Derek Montilla at cap underscore caveman on Twitter asks at shake them ropes. Are there any? Oh, <laughs> I thought he was solid in the ring. To be honest with you, I remember he had at least one match with Daniel Bryan on the main roster. That was really, really good. I loved his whole run with Miz. That was great. I, I thought the run with Miz was uh, really good. What I what I like most about Alex Riley was the potential he showed as a as a pretty important character, maybe not a main eventer by any means, but a, a character that was able to get over with the crowd if he was given the right stuff. I mean, the breakup with the Miz was just so well done. Like the whole angle where he was the Miz Flacky, even though like he's bigger, <laughs> he's younger, he looks stronger, he's Miz's Flacky. And then finally, you're trying to get that term over now, aren't you? Flacky? Flacky. That's not a word. Flacky's a word. Yes. No, Flacky's a word. I created it last week. It's a word now. I'm creating words, Jeff. Okay. So he's the Mrs. Flacky. All right. And finally, he's just had enough. And that breakup segment and that fight, because yeah. it was a fight. I mean, these yeah. guys were tearing each other apart. Really, it was just Alex Riley tearing the Miz apart. And he's tearing the Miz apart all around the ring, in the ring. His tie is all crazy. His shirt is all nuts. And he's just a beast. And this crowd is going ape for this guy. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. Yeah, no, it, 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 it had real heat to that program and going then, into the blow Yes, man. and people cared about the Miz-Alex Riley match. And then all of a sudden, Alex Riley was just gone. And he was off TV for a bit. And he was hurt, I believe. And then he's all of a sudden an announcer in NXT. Yeah, leading up to that, man. Well, he got hurt. Yeah, I know. And, and then okay, and then he got and then he got put on commentary. But uh, you get you get hurt, and then boom, that was your opportunity, buddy. I know. We, yeah, I know. We saw some potential in you, and the crowd went crazy for you. But oh, you you hurt yourself. So oh no, I, mean, I think we... that was the second time. He, I think the second time he got hurt, they put him on commentary. The first time he got hurt, he came back. He had that short run, and then he got hurt again. And then they put or he got dinged. I think for. I want to say DUI, but don't quote me on that. He did and then get they a DUI. Yeah, you got a DUI in Florida. Right. His, yep. his Cena matches were better than uh, than than one could hope for, and that's what really helped build up the the steam to go into the turn into Miz because Miz kept throwing him in these matches with Cena that were really, really good, and the people were starting to get behind A-Rod even though he was losing to Cena all these weeks, and then when he finally turned, it just exploded. I remember that quite well. I I'm... I struggle to say that I would miss Alex Riley because I don't think, honestly, I can be an Alex Riley fan, but if you take him off TV, I'm probably not going to miss him. Like he's just, he's just not there anymore, but it is sad to see sometimes, uh, you know, talents who don't get their, their fair shake per se, or you don't feel like they're getting their fair shake. Cause he did really well. That, that feud with Kevin Owens in NXT was probably the most, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not worthwhile per se, but it seemed like a big deal. He came I in thought, there and Kevin Owens was fighting with him. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, this is actually an important program we got to watch here. Like, this is a big time. Like, Kevin Owens, this big time main eventer. And Alex Riley was just a guy who wanted to prove something. And he was ultimately unable to do it because not every feud has to be 50-50. Sometimes guys just win and guys just lose. 
And I thought that was a perfect program for a couple of months to get over Kevin Owens and his title reign. Cause Alex Riley at the end of the day was still a guy who was making his way back after not being in the ring. So it all made sense. And I loved it. And Alex Riley played his part really well in that. Yeah. And I thought even on this last run, he was starting to find something of a character of a guy who had aged a bit. He was, you know, you know, the high school jock who's now a bit older and is no longer resting on his laurels, but he hasn't quite lived lived up to the potential that people thought he had. And he's a bit bitter about that. I thought he was finding something on his promos. Uh, you know, the say it to my face and the rage stuff didn't work for me, but he was finding something in there and working his way to it. Um, I, I, I would have liked him on a, in a three-man booth with Corey Graves kind of being not necessarily full on heel. I think Graves does that well, but, you know, kind of being a bit of a tweener between Tom and, and Graves. I think that would have worked very well, especially when the two of them would double-team Tom. I thought that would be pretty good. Rich Brennan was released a couple of weeks ago, so really you can kind of add him to the list of, you know, guys through this cuts. But I loved Brennan. I know you didn't, but I thought he was the second best I mean, I play-by-play. Didn't, I, didn't I thought he was the second best him. play-by-play guy in the company. I like Tom Phillips tomorrow. better. I just like Tom Phillips better. And at the end of the day, it appears that WWE did as well. Michael Cole, the head of announcing, uh, liked uh, Tom Phillips better too. But throughout the weekend... There were some interesting stuff going on because at the the last NXT tapings, there was a storyline done uh, with a with a tag team in NXT where you know questions were raised like, "Oh, that doesn't look good for one of these guys." Uh, yep. There have been rumors about more releases coming. You know, they did their Q1 results today. WWE did. Uh, so you know, after the financials, sometimes you start to see some moving and shaking with the roster. We got a lot of new talents coming up. We got. Maybe not so much room for other talents on the roster. There have been rumors swirling around guys like Jack Swagger, um, guys like Darren Young, honestly, even though they just started something with him this week that appears like it's going to actually get some TV time, which is really cool for Darren Young. But there are rumors swirling. And now it is time, Jeff, to recklessly speculate on the future of WWE with a couple of topics, the first being the releases. Are more coming and is there a guy out there that you were surprised wasn't on the cut list? I know you already said Ryback, so eliminate Ryback. Is there anyone else on the roster that you were surprised you didn't see on a release list? Summer Rae. And she was, rumors were swirling around Summer Rae too. The guy I was that, shocked by that. I, I Swagger kind I of. I wasn't yeah. shocked because I like Summer Rae. I think she goes out oh, there and whether she's a sunny baby face or whether she's a, a mean heel, I think she goes out and does her part, but she's never going to. Yeah, that's not a personal thing on yeah. Summer Rae. I think she's fine. I think she helped. I think she helped Sasha Banks and Charlotte both immensely become better heels in NXT. I think she has yeah. something yeah. of a mean girl character that she could do here, but they just they don't do anything with her and her in ring prowess. I think she needs some seasoning. To be honest, she she's one of those yeah. types I could send to NXT for a couple months and she'd improve. I think I tell you, I would, I would like to see summer Ray go back to NXT just because you already have, you have Emma and Dana Brooke up. Now you have, uh, you know, Sasha Banks, Becky, all, all these, uh, all these ladies went up and you still have Bailey down there, but Bailey eventually will probably go up to the main roster. Why don't you send someone like summer Ray? Who's had experience both in NXT as a baby face and the heel on screen mm -hmm. and experience in WWE on the main roster to go down and kind of, uh, whether it's a coach, whether it's someone who's wrestling as well as helping out the other talent, why not just have her go down to NXT and be someone full-time there rather than cutting her? Like if, if she keeps her job on the main roster, great. I would love that. But if Especially, you're going to cut her instead, you should probably just find another role for the, someone, right? Yeah. Especially given that they've tried to move Bailey away from the Asuka title picture. They need a secondary feud down there. And the only people they have, go with are Eva Marie and Nia Jax really because the others haven't been built up to the point other than maybe Alexa Bliss yeah I think I mean she'd be fine especially since they've now moved Dana but you know I don't think Dana other than the sacrificial loss to Becky Lynch eventually I don't think she's gonna be working that much on the main roster to be honest with you I think she's there to second Emma for the most part and to kind of play the manager role she her uh, I think she was she, she was she was decent in matches, but what's her signature match in NXT worth anything? Uh, Jack Swagger is a guy. Okay. 
Jack Swagger <laughs> is a, a fella too, where I would not be shocked because one of the releases we saw was Wade Barrett. I would not mm-hmm. be surprised if they go throughout, if their roster's a little big, maybe ask, you know, for kind of like a voluntary uh, release kind of situation. Like Wade Barrett gave, hey, does anyone want out? Because we're willing to just part with you right now if you want out. Because maybe some people will take them up on that. And that oh, way you don't, have, you don't have to yeah, cut I'm, particular names that don't necessarily want to go. So maybe a Jack Swagger if he's looking to move on. Yeah, if I'm Swagger, I, I even before the sentence finishes, I go, okay, I'm out of here. And then I go to, you know, anywhere. Because there are matches on the Indies, New Japan, wherever. That I'd love to see Jack Swagger in full, full potential mode go into. I'd love to see Swagger and Chris Hero. I'd love to see Swagger and Ishii. You know, I, I, I'd love to see Swagger and Drew Galloway in WWN. Please give that to me. And then finally, finally, let's recklessly speculate on the news that's kind of uh, forming this week. WWE, we've talked about it very briefly on the show, just when the news first uh, came out like a month ago. Uh, WWE is going back to Hawaii. They're going back to Honolulu at the end of June. And there is a show on Wednesday, the 29th of June, in Honolulu uh, that has also been garnering suspicions that it might be a WWE Network special. And to further those suspicions, this Monday during Raw, airing on a certain cable network, or a certain cable uh, service in Honolulu, an ad came up for that event to purchase tickets. And they announced a couple matches on this TV ad locally. The first of which being John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura, which is a mind-blowing match if it actually happens on TV. And the other one being Brock Lesnar and Kevin Owens. And yes, you you may now get out your hose me. Hose me. Hose me on that one. (laughs) June 29th, it would... Right now, they're advertising the show to start at 7.30 local time, which would be 1.30 p.m. or 1.30 a.m. Eastern, I believe. 1.30 or 2.30. I'm pretty sure it's 1.30 a.m. Eastern. So if this aired live on WWE Network, one, it would kind of go away from the weekend uh, mm-hmm. tradition they had where these, these network specials would be on the weekend, even though they were at weird times or different times, not weird, but they're at different times. They are still on the weekend. This would be a Wednesday night, Thursday morning at 2 a.m., uh, on the WWE Network, but John Cena, Shinsuke Nakamura, and even having Brock Lesnar on that show screams to me being a network special. Um, those are two crazy matches. AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson also advertise for the show right now. Now, even though those matches are announced, they may still not happen. You know, as they create a TV special, they may actually have different matches booked for that show, but that's at least what's being announced right now. And I got to ask you, Jeff Hawkins, in Hawaii, does John Cena beat Shinsuke Nakamura? Yes. <laughs> I don't think he does in Japan <laughs> if they wrestle there. I I don't think this is a network special. If it is, it's taped and then it's played like on a Friday night. Yeah, but I don't they, think they do this live. They did the Saturday morning one. They did the one that started at, you know, four in the morning on Saturday on 4th okay. of July weekend at Japan. The Beast in the East special started, it was aired live. On the WWE Network. Now, albeit it was a Saturday, but it was isn't still a, aired live. Isn't there a pay-per-view around this time, like a bash at the beach type thing? Or, or well, is that that's what they're the other part of here? the speculation is this would be called the bash at the beach. Oh, okay. This network um, special. I think, you know what? You can put it on the network and then because you have video on demand on the network. Sure. Why not? Exactly. I, you know, this, but at the same time, they didn't, they didn't put on Joe versus Balor on the network. And we were screaming for it. And I was a bit angry that they ha- didn't have it on NXT either. Just, you know, the highlight real quick. So they right, might yeah, do that. I mean, it wasn't a network. It wasn't a network special going in. It was an no. NXT house show. I, I think people would have known what was up if they actually started advertising it as a live network special for NXT. And you put Samoa Joe and Finn Balor on there. I think the gig would have been up. Mm-hmm. May not have been a surprise anymore. But yeah, the Bash at the Beach, June 29th possibly a WWE network special named the bash at the beach with Shinsuke Nakamura versus John Cena. And then they head to uh, Japan for, I think two shows with Shinsuke Nakamura being one of the top headliners on that. So that's interesting to watch out for. I mean, it could be a roadblock situation. Remember roadblock was Luke Harper versus Brock. And then it became the Wyatts versus Brock. It was also Roman versus Sheamus and Roman wasn't. And you know, he ended up not being on the show. AJ Styles was supposed to be on the show. He ended up working a different house show that night. So if it becomes a TV special, they could just do whatever they want 
if it fits into storylines, if they want to make it kind of like a roadblock type show. Uh, but Shinsuke Nakamura and John Cena would certainly be a match that I would be interested in seeing. I think a lot of people would probably stay up for that, especially if you're on the West Coast or Mountain Time. It might be a more palatable time to watch that show. Uh, but I think a lot of people would end up watching that show live uh, to see Shinsuke Nakamura and John yeah. Cena in Hawaii. Uh, right now, Jeff Hawkins, our top 100 matches to see on the WWE Network before you die. We've officially been doing this so long that WWE.com came out today with a list of matches that have happened since the list came out that should be included in the list. We've been doing this for a year and a half now. We'll double back and get this. Oh, and by the way, I still expect Chris Jericho to face Shinsuke Nakamura on one of their shows. Oh, yeah, I would uh, I would absolutely expect that. Chris Jericho and Shinsuke Nakamura probably headlines the Japan show. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jericho Jericho wins, of course. Uh, but, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But right now it is match number 35 in our top 100 network matches to see before you die. It is Big Van Vader versus Cactus Jack from WCW Halloween Havoc 1993. Cactus Jack and Vader, which ended up being a Texas death match as it was spin the wheel, make a deal. So they spun mm-hmm. the wheel for the uh, for the stipulation, basically, the night of. It came out to a Texas death match. We will get to this match in just one moment. But first, we got to talk about this show open. This, <laughs> this uh, short film that opened up WCW Halloween Havoc. It was on Halloween night. This was Halloween night of 1993. And this was the craziest thing I think I've ever seen to open up a pay-per-view. I think I've talked about this almost a year ago on Shake Them Rope. So I'll just let you, uh, I'll let you go into it. This is one where they're trick-or-treating and he's a vampire. You, you may have talked about this one, but I didn't watch it at, to, at the time. No. Because I know no, I've I was, never I was, seen this before. Yeah, no, I was watching old shows on the network, but this I think this is even pre our top 100 at one time, and I was just watching stuff, and just, I just said, this this opening is insane. It is absolutely, it is creepy. It is insane. I couldn't believe it was produced. There was just so much going on here, all of it bad. Yeah, you had these four kids that were trick-or-treating, and they go up to this uh, final house. You know, the sister wants to go home because she's got to get home before Halloween Havoc starts. So she wants to go home to watch the pay-per-view and the brother, the great actor he is, is like sisters who brought her along, but they go up to this creepy house. And when they ring the doorbell to trick or treat, who would open the door, but a vampire Tony Schiavone who proceeded (laughs) to try and seduce these four young teens, probably weren't even teenagers yet. These preteens into his home with the promise of freshly made cookies. So you have creepy old man inviting (laughs) kids into his home on Halloween as the kids are trick-or-treating without their parents. Even worse, the kids do go inside. They all apparently don't remember stranger danger and to not go into people's homes. But there's cookies. But there's cookies. There's warm (laughs) cookies. And then what's even, this probably isn't worse, but I'm going to say it's worse. Don't PC police me, please. Even worse, the kids go in and Tony Schiavone begins to sell the stipulation for the Cactus Jack Invader match to the leader of this pack of kids, the brother who's annoying as hell. He proceeds to demonstrate the stipulation about spinning the wheel. And he asks the kid if he wants to spin the wheel. And the kid no-sells the gimmick for the main event of the (laughs) pay-per-view. I don't want to do that. That's not scary at all, this kid says. Oh, he must have watched last year's Spin the Wheel Make the Deal. (laughs) So you basically have Tony Schiavone being creepy, inviting kids into his home on Halloween. This kid no-selling the main event of your pay-per-view and sending Tony Schiavone basically sulking into the corner of his home. I mean, Tony Schiavone walks off like, oh, I I thought you would want to play. And shoot, brother, this is all just so ridiculous. It goes on for like six minutes, I think, maybe even more. It's like a short film. Was WCW doing this right? Because I then got people on Twitter because I haven't gone back to watch the openings of old WCW pay-per-views. If I'm going back to watch an old WCW pay-per-view on the network, I'm skipping the opening stuff. I'm going to the matches I want to see. 
does WCW do this regularly? Because I got people tweeting me how like they hated the mini movie era of WCW. Yes. yes. They'd, they'd been doing these kind of mini films to make them more cinematic and make them more entertaining. I mean, the, the most popular being the White Castle of Fear uh, build-up match on the beach with the exploding boat and the midget um, little person. Sorry. Um, and, and they actually, the build-up to this main event, they had to retcon a mini movie because they had had Cactus Jack get amnesia and he was wandering around the streets of, I believe, Cleveland. Don't get me. Which is don't, where don't you would want to be wandering around, of course. You want to be wandering, wandering around? You want to be wandering around. <laughs> I would love to be wandering around. But and then, he'd, and then he ran, ran into a bunch of guys with cowboy gimmicks to eventually get his memory back and to form a stable that didn't last long. I think Stan Hansen and Dutch Mantel were both part of, part of that. So, and they basically forgot all about that to build this match with, with Vader even though they allude to it during the match <laughs> as Dave goes, Dave Meltzer says, doesn't anybody watch the TV product? Um, yeah, no, this was, this was, they were trying to be, they were trying to compete with WWE. This was their idea. This was what they were bringing. We want more entertainment facets to it to keep the people interested because it was a wrestling promotion before. Now we need to be entertaining and, and we want a, you know, all those, marketing buzzwords we want a, a vast cross-section of audience to appeal to and movies appeal to everybody everybody goes to movies they usually have better stories than what this was well yes this was ridiculous but then we got this match they spin the wheel it's a texas death match oh god now maybe i'm wrong here jeff and maybe they changed it they retconned this later on this Texas death match made no sense. No, because you are not wrong. You would have to pin the dude. And then you get a 30 second rest second break. Rest and then, and then you have to beat a 10 count before yes. get before losing the match. So basically if Mick Foley pins Vader, there's a 30 second break period where everyone can just kind of relax. And then after the 30 seconds, Gary Michael Capetta would say, this match continues. And that's when Nick Patrick would start refing or re counting the man down. And of course you're going to get up. You're, you're not down for 10 seconds. This is, this is the last man standing match of today. Texas death match is a last man standing match. You get 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. You'd pin the guy and then you get 40 seconds to get up. So talk about anticlimactic for a lot of these falls. We're, so there's a pinfall. Now I want to see if this guy gets up. But let me get some popcorn first. I have three quotes queued up for this, so I'd like to use one at this time from Dave Meltzer's Observer following this. How is it impossible to put together a show where from bell to bell the match quality is the highest of any pay-per-view show since February and is topped off by arguably the best match bell to bell of the year in this country and still have it only be a marginal thumbs up? Answer, have Dusty Rhodes book the finishes. This thing from top to bottom, the whole card was convoluted, but especially this match because people were counting and then they were expecting to cheer. It's like, oh, and now you have 10 seconds. And at the end, it turns out to be a referee decision. And yeah, you're just like, Ugh. yeah, because Gary Michael Capetta during this 30 second rest break and everyone loves counting along to things. That's really why the Royal Rumble is so popular. It really is. You just want to count along from 10 to one. Mm -hmm. But. Gary Michael Capetta is counting down the end of the rest period. So you get the yeah. final 10 seconds of the rest period and then, oh, you have to count to 10 again. So basically I'm going to count down from 10 and then keep with me folks. Cause we're now going to count up from one to 10. And that was this match. I, I blew my, I watched this match. I didn't know who won. I didn't know what, you know, people had recommended it as I didn't know if people liked it outside of it. Obviously it, it was important. I, I was thinking it's an important match if it's on this top 100, but I don't know if it's because it's good or if it because there's some type of weird finish or if it was just like, you know, because of Dusty Rhodes booking. I don't know. So I watched this match and I'm thinking, what the hell is this bullshit with the counting to 30? What is this 30 second rest period? And then they go through the match and I'm like, well, this is completely taking me out of it. Maybe it's because we're not watching it live and I'm watching it. What, you know, seven, 23 years later, however long it is. I'm just watching it so late. I'm like, this match was not that great. And then I go on to see that it is getting rave reviews and people love this match. 
I maybe, loved the match. Maybe I didn't it just love wasn't the stipulations. The stipulations took me out of it. I, yeah, and it did. It really I remember did. I was I was in a chat room when this match was live because I was in college at the time and I'm, I was watching it through the Rex Sport Pro Wrestling IRC chat. And no, they had the same exact reaction you did. The, all these stipulations and these countings are taking me out of this match. But now for quote number two, as Jesse Ventura said, I'm not sure you can really call this a match. This seems more like a fight. <laughs> and it was, and it was brutal. It was a fight. But, but my God, that you know what, what angered me more than anything? It's a gimmick that never works in any match or any angle ever. Tasers. Let's get rid of tasers uh, in wrestling. Yeah. Because Well, we, we thankfully do now. We thankfully haven't had a taser in a long while. But this just, I think the 30-second rest period really did break me out of it a lot because you had periods where there were a lot of falls happening at one time. Like, there was a minute-long stretch, basically, or I guess it was a minute and a half because of all these rest periods, where Mick Foley pinned Vader twice. And yes. there's basically a minute of two minutes where there's nothing happening. And this match only went 15 minutes. So you're going to, throughout this match, there was a good, you know, two or three minutes where nothing was happening of the 15. Nothing. Mick Foley was just waiting for Vader to stand up. Yeah. There's a lot of that, but there's, I mean, there was so much brutality throughout the, the match. You can understand I, why yeah, they did two yeah. minutes of rest. No, I mean, there was Vader's doing yeah. Vader salts. You know, they're throwing people around that friggin' ramp, which is always, I mean, we've done matches involving this ramp that they have that's just solid wood where Cactus Jack goes thunk on it quite a bit. I mean, this was, and, you know, the backdrop, the backdrop yeah. on that stage where Mick Foley had Vader, uh, and he was choking him around the neck, basically. And then Vader just drops and crushes him, splat yeah. on the ramp. That was my favorite moment of the match. <laughs> and maybe maybe it was just, you know, the the brutality mixed with, you know, rest periods that got me out of it. But I, uh, I would not put this. This is one of those few matches in this top 100 where I'm like, you know what? Probably doesn't belong. Okay. We all have them. I've had a few as well. Yep. Here's a quote that pretty much sums up everything. I really, really liked it, and it's going to go a little long, but uh, bear with me here. Violence on television, or no, no, that's the wrong paragraph, dummy. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even get your, my right gimmick. Do not blow your own spot here, Jeff. I'm blowing my spots here. I apologize. Now, the Vader Cactus Jack main event exemplified what is beginning to turn into a dangerous trend in this business, not disturbing the fans because many love matches such as this. It's disturbing because the element of risk and injury is being flirted with much too closely when matches get as stiff and legitimately brutal as this and other re recent matches have turned out to be. I was actually planning on writing this before the Havoc show with the main emphasis being on the plight of the all Japan women's wrestling program in 1993 and the daredevil tactics of Sabu. But Jack and Vader then put on a match that was one of the best of the year and in many ways defines the problem. And I agree with this. This is the dawn of ECW right now. They're, Right now, I think they're in Eastern Championship Wrestling and starting to get their hold. But yes, I agree completely with Dave Meltzer's assessment here. It is a brutal fight. I like the fight aspects, but you watch the glancing chair blows and, you know, just Vader's punches right to the jaw that are connecting. And you just, you cringe watching with modern eyes. But back in the day, I loved that. I loved the stiff style of all Japan back then. I loved, you know the miracle violence connection and all those other, you know, guys being dropped on their head. I loved that stuff. I loved FMW. And now I feel guilty that because I'm still a wrestling fan and me cheering for all that urged these guys on to do even worse things to their body. So I do feel a bit guilty about that at times. Next week, it'll be match number 34 on our top 100 countdown, it is Jushin Thunder Liger versus Brian Pillman from Super Brawl Super 2. Two. Excellent. Excellent match. Everybody watch it. Jushin oh. Liger, Brian Pillman, Super Brawl 2. We will be uh, talking about that match next week on Shake Them Roast. But before we go, we should talk about this week's WWE Raw. Jeff, what would you think about the show? It was fine. In the world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.